0: Welcome to Crew Tools. This week, part two of getting ready to get promoted. Chapter one, results, if you can understand that. Folks, if you don't know, we have a very lively forum sections on our website. It's available to anyone, whether you're a licensee or not, Uh, and you can come and ask questions, and there are many managers who are there every day trying to help you get your problem solved www.manager-tools.com forward slash forums. Come see. So, Wendy, we're picking up with step three of our podcast about results, getting ready to get promoted. And in parts one and two, we talked about what results you're responsible for, duh, (laughs) and then quantifying the results, which we talked about the mistake people make of not knowing and not being able to quantify and thinking that's good.
1: Yeah, well, all saying it's unquantifiable. Yes, not n- true. N- very rarely true.
0: Yeah, that's why proxies were invented, right? Yeah. Uh, a la the John the Gate Guard story, which you. Yes, I like that story as well from many, many, many years ago. Um, so, point three is to set an action plan to achieve the results. Gee, that makes sense. Know what yeah, you're exactly. responsible for, quantify it, and then have a plan.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't matter what your quantifiable results are, that if they're, if they're a year, part of your year-long plan, there's no way you're going to get them all done in the first week and do everything else. So you need some kind of tracking system, and you need to have divided them up into monthly, weekly, and then perhaps daily tasks. So um, if you've got a sales goal, for example, of 12,000 in a year to make it easy, then that's 1,000 a month, and... 250 a week and if you're if you're behind at the end of january then you've got to work pretty hard to catch up with february so if you once you've broken your goal down into manageable pieces you'll need a method of track of tracking it and seeing how how well you're doing because
0: and can i just interject here this is a huge problem this is i would say affects 80 percent of the managers and individual contributors that i know that they get an annual goal. Well, first of all, there's a great many that don't. But those that do, don't break it down. And I would actually argue that if your goal is 12,000, it wouldn't be 1,000 a month. It'd be 1,200 a month. Um, So you'd have some time left over at the end of the year because everybody has a plan until they get hit. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the same way that we try to get our key responsibilities done by noon, I would generally recommend you try to get your annual responsibilities done by the end of October uh, because, gee whiz, something's going to happen, folks. You're going to be assigned to a special project. It could be anything. That said, coming up with what the monthly is and then turning it into week-to-week, day-to-day goals, is this enormous gap in people's minds that they see the big number, they see the long-term thing, like, well, we have to increase our use of foreign vendors by 80%. And I think there's just this envy that happens that, oh, that's too much, or I've never done that before, oh, I can't get there, or yeah, okay, they say that, but really, we don't necessarily need to. And I think this is the step where managers fail. They don't say, okay, I can't get all that done this month. And they want to, they want a silver bullet. And I think there are a lot of professionals who do the same thing and say, well, I, I can't get there. And then I think there are some companies who go the other way and say, well, you don't worry about the annual thing. You have to get number X today. Um, I disagree with that. We, we generally recommend, let's understand how what you're doing fits into the big picture uh, and then have you work backwards to what you need to get done when. Mm-hmm. And, and we're suggesting, by the way, that all quarters are the same in your business, which is rarely true. In retail, unfortunately, you have to wait until the end of the year in many cases. Um, but this is a huge step. Okay, what's my big number? And, then, and it may be a proxy. And then how do I get backwards from that to what do I do today? There's no proof that your work today will in fact get you what you want, you have to come up with a plan on your own. It's easy if it's just number of phone calls. Well, all I have to do is add up the number of phone calls each day. But it's really that simple. It's more complicated, like, well, I have to get a foreign vendor in order to arrange this, in order to arrange this, in order to get this situation in the place it needs to be so that we can ultimately achieve what we want to achieve, which is growth in that sector by so much. But you have to be willing to do it, and you run the risk of not achieving your plan or of having the wrong plan. Neither of which risks are worthy of not doing it because you're afraid you're gonna get in trouble for either having a plan or not getting there. And I think far too many people just think they can get away with not having a plan and stumbling through and waiting for the boss to get excited about it, or maybe hoping the boss doesn't get excited at all. I just think this is a huge, huge opportunity for people. Even if you don't get there, and maybe your whole division or your whole group or your whole team doesn't get there. You're going to be a lot better off if you had a plan. You showed your plan. Uh, you made your plan clear. And you showed how you were working toward it.
1: Absolutely. And you've got to keep going through the year as well. You can't start start well in January. And just like just like us all at the gym, you know, have petered off by February. Right, cause, exactly. Because trying to pick up in October, is going to be really hard.
0: Really hard. Yeah, and it's futile at that point. October is futile, yeah.
1: So you're going to need a method of tracking whatever the results that you're getting. So we talked about customer interactions in our first example. So you could use a notebook, you could use a spreadsheet or some other tracking mechanism that makes sense to you. Your company might have one. You might just want to use a piece of paper or have an email or a text document or something where you record what happens. But whatever method you use... You have to be alerted when you're about to miss the target because there's no point in recording it all. And then, you know, someday in September going, well, I wonder how I'm doing and thinking, oh, I should have done 10 a day and I've only been doing seven for the last six months. And that's not good. So you need to look at the tracking mechanism regularly. As regularly as you're writing in it or writing on it depending on how you're doing it but you also need to look at it at the end of the period the day the week the month and make sure that you're on track
0: going back to my point earlier I think David Allen's point about in getting things done about next actions is really a good one and what you're suggesting is we need to track and that that leads us right into the discussion of reporting we'll talk more about reporting in a minute but geez if if you're gonna report and ask yourself folks if you're an interview contributor if you were managing somebody doing this, wouldn't you expect them to track their work? And then by definition, if they were tracking it, wouldn't you expect reporting, or or even vice versa? Wouldn't you expect your people to report to you? Yeah, well, if they're gonna report, then they have to track. Tracking and reporting are, inextricably linked. And I'm going to say this now for many of you who are technology people who are about to, in that dark part of your brain say, well, what do you want us to do? You want us to do the work? <laughs> or you want us to do you, you report it, track and report. And the answer is yes, we want you to do both. Um, there is not a job where you get to do one and not the other. Uh, Some simple tracking and reporting is not too much to ask. In fact, it's not only not too much to ask, it is part of your job, it is inherent. If you work in an organization where work is specialized, where work is divided, um, so that many people's work has to go together in order to produce value to society, then by definition, the reporting of your work is necessary to value creation. And if you don't create any value, then we don't have to pay your salary. So, therefore, you're going to have to track and report. Now, there are rare cases where organizations overburden people with tracking and reporting. Yours is not one of them um, because the average person that I talk to is, well, you're always asking us to do more tracking and reporting. Mike, like, show me what you have to track and report. And there are some places where their systems are difficult, um, and so it's burdensome. Uh, but generally speaking, most organizations don't have too burdensome a tracking and reporting system and uh, too many people have developed, particularly, I have to say, guys, I'm sorry, in software development, this idea that if I develop a knee-jerk reflexive response of, you can't ask me to do that, what do you want me to do, you want me to work or you want me to report on my work, you'll be burdened with less reporting. The problem is then no one knows what you're doing and then we don't know when you're behind and then you end up being part of the problem and then we end up getting angry at you, which is not good. Um, So, we're expected to report on things. Now, Wendy, I think you were talking to me about a risk register as well.
1: Yeah, that was one of the other examples that we had. So, if if your goal is to set up a risk register, you you can't do that in a day. You can't do it in a day, right. (laughs) You might be able to brainstorm some categories and start some kind of tracking mechanism, but... You need to spend, you know, the first month setting up the risk register and making sure, talking to all the stakeholders, making sure you've got everything and then tracking everything every day. And I don't know if this is universal, but one of the things I've seen is they track near misses as well as um, oh, things that happen against, you know, as well as the expectation. So we expect somebody to be run over by uh, by a car in a year, but we also track... How many times the person uh, a person has been narrowly missed by a car, um, in order to know how big the risk is. Because yeah. the more times it happens, as a near Closely, miss, right. the more likely it will happen. The actual
0: event that we're tracking
1: exactly. is going to happen. Yeah. So you need to think about them every day. And make sure that people are coming to you with things that should be on the on the tracking. And you might want to have that as part of your morning or evening ritual, like it's, this is the thing I do first thing in the morning or this is the last thing I do at night.
0: So this is the way professionals manage their lives, folks. They're not afraid that other people know what they're doing and what they're, whether they're ahead or behind and so on. And in fact, the act of reporting or the risk of reporting that they're behind is a motivational factor that causes them to keep from being behind. And the modern world sense of, well, I don't want to have to over-report, I don't want to have to over-track things, Is leading to the idea that we can keep the organization from knowing when we're more than 10% off path. It's unethical to keep the organization from knowing. It might be self interested. I think it is, but it's unethical. And so we're probably a little bit old fashioned in this regard. I think there are some people who are listening going, wow, they're really suggesting we be transparent. Yes, we are. (laughs) The thing you want everyone else to do that you secretly hope you don't have to do. Um, You wish that other guy in the other project would tell you what he's doing and when he's doing it, whether or not he's yellow, green, or amber, or yellow, green, or red, Um, yeah, we recommend that. That's an obligation that professionals have. Again, when work is divided, when work is specialized. Okay, let's talk about reporting.
1: Okay, so if you have a weekly or monthly one-on-one or weekly, monthly meeting with your boss, whether it's a one-on-one or called something else, you can report your results then. And it depends on the timeline and what you're doing, whether weekly is appropriate or whether monthly is appropriate. You want to report at least monthly, even if that means sending your boss an email or setting up an ad hoc meeting to discuss the results. Because getting promoted is as much about your boss knowing what you're doing and how well you're doing as it is about doing well.
0: Yeah, I I feel bad having to defend tracking and reporting. Gee whiz, you want to get promoted, but... You're not going to track and report you're in other words you're not going to feel confident that you're actually reporting on data that you're not in other words that you're you're going to go to your boss and say well you should feel good about how i'm doing it just doesn't
1: yeah.
0: work that way <laughs> <laughs>
1: it doesn't. there's no point in getting results and then the organization not knowing about them yeah. and you're being paid based on those results right now your job is to get those results so you have to report on them so that the organization knows that it has to pay you.
0: Yeah, the, the moment you start managing other people, um, and, and we'll assume that takes care of the lion's share of promotions, you start developing the need for organizational smarts. And organizational smarts are probably not as important as results. They're not, um, but they're not nothing. And if you don't let the organization know about things, you shouldn't cry that you don't get rewarded for them. And some of this will take away from the work that you're doing, but will also take away from the anxiety you feel that you don't really know where you are and you don't really know where you're going and and you're uncertain about whether or not you're going to get in trouble because the path isn't clear or the goal isn't clear. I hear a lot of people, I've mentioned this several times in the last few years, people talking about how the sales, there are people not in sales who sort of don't have a good relationship with sales. When they talk to the salespeople, they say generally happy. They seem generally happy and they're generally, uh, they come into the office and when they're in the office and seem to get along with everybody, part of that's the personality. And part of it is their job is just very clear. Mm-hmm. They know. They know. If they made the number for the month and it's only the 20th, they're happy, right? They're absolutely happy. Uh, and they can spend the next 10 days working to grow their bonus or to add to to make it easier so that they can really do well by the end of the year and i think far too many people don't realize the benefit of clarity which you can get for yourself to help you feel better about how that clarity helps you feel more at ease about your performance one way or the other whether you get promoted or whether or not you're worried that you might be on the bubble yeah
1: this is this is a this could be a lifesaver as well as yeah step
0: up yeah and what's sad is we have to do this podcast to imply that people aren't being tracked people aren't required to report and in some cases all you have to do is your job with full tracking and reporting and communication about it and meet the criteria and exceed the criteria in order to be a top candidate for promotion and so that brings us to our next point of course which is yeah we are. really really results are one thing ideally though It's not enough to meet 100% standard, right? You've got to go beyond what you're responsible for.
1: And the logic I always use for this is when you're promoted, you're going to have more to do, right? You know, they pay you more because you do more. It might be less hands-on, but it's more brain work or it's more meetings or it's more decisions or it's more risk, but it's definitely more. And so... If you want to be promoted, you have to demonstrate that you can do more, that you can fit more into your day, that you can have more relationships, that you can take on more rest, that you can deal with bigger projects. Whatever it is, you've got to be able to prove that you can do it. That's like all the people that want to move to another job in another company and they want to be promoted at the same time. Yeah, it's like Well, yeah. so far, all your resume says is you can do the job you're doing. They don't have any clue whether you're not, you are able to do more
0: let alone in a new organization with a new culture and new everything else. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, the thing I feel about that is ask yourself whether or not you'd want somebody else promoted in another part of the company that barely proved they could do the job they have and suddenly is being asked to do more. I mean, in some cases that works. The person has a hidden talent and we got lucky far too often, particularly after the first promotion, the chances of it us getting lucky, really slim, really slim. And yeah of course you want somebody to prove they can do their job and more because the job above them is going to require more and so you've got to be you've got to do that as well so i think you said additional goals whatever you're responsible for ask yourself okay what more can i do it may be more on top of the numbers or the proxies you're already responsible for it also could be other things training other people working with other departments Helpful literature for customers, uh, new customers that may not be in your purview, relationships. You know that I'll get you into a company-wide project that gets you visibility. Shoot, organizing the company picnic, for heaven's sake.
1: Yeah, if you're an admin and you want to, you know, ad, admins rank themselves based on the rank of the manager they work for. So if you're an admin and you only work, you work for five of the sales managers, and you want to work for the CEO. Organizing the company picnic is, it, it shows a lot of things that the CEO wants in his assistant.
0: Yeah. And you might say, well, that's yeah, a lot of work. Yeah. So is the promotion you want.
1: Exactly. Okay, yeah, You want to work for the CEO? Yeah. Introduce yourself to hard work.
0: And, and by the way, when you take on more than you're responsible for, you better be tracking it. Otherwise, you're going to lose track of it. And then it exactly. won't get done. Yeah. yeah.
1: You don't want work. You don't want to do work, but you don't get credit for.
0: Yeah. And then finally, our last point is one that we've started to allude to already about relationships. All the time, as you prepare for promotions and you get promotions, it cannot come at the expense of relationships. The career tools mantra is results and relationships, results and relationships, together with, of course, handling your transitions well. And we see far too many people who think that, results and relationships are antithetical to one another and it's just not so you have to learn how to achieve results while strengthening relationships let alone it being at the expense of relationships
1: yeah so if you if you're looking for additional goals and you had two to choose from and you thought they had equal value choose the one where you meet more people yes because those people will become your supporters if you treat them right and you need people around you you know, it, there's going to be a meeting, the um, Steel Cage match meeting, maybe a promotion board isn't quite like that, but you know, there is going to be a meeting where somebody says, okay, we've got three candidates, what do you think? And if you know all the people who are making that decision and they all think you're awesome, then it's, it becomes a slam dunk. Yeah. And uh, instead of them sort of spending you know an hour going bill has this and bob has that and jerry has this and, and each
0: one of them each one of the three people only know one of the three people who are being considered and so it ends up being we're all fighting our own dog rather than yeah. you being great in all three people's minds well look i think he's great i think he's great i think he's great well jeez, well i don't know the other guy i don't know the other guy either yeah. yeah
1: why are we having this meeting let's make a decision already
0: now that may not be the perfect Promotion decision process, but it's a common one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, knowing people that, well, as, as you and I've said hundreds of times, smile at people on your way up because you'll see them on the way back down. You can probably get one promotion, folks, just based surely on your numbers, just based surely on results, just one. The danger, of course, is if you do that, people tend to repeat what they got rewarded for. And you'll probably make the same mistake again. And, you know, if you're Bill Gates, You can probably get away with it, but you're not, and so you know. I've said that a few times, Wendy. Someday Bill Gates is going to listen to one of these casts and go, Actually, yes, I am.
1: (laughs) Of course, the point is that Bill Gates never got promoted, he started a company and it built underneath
0: him. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he doesn't worry about his career either. He worries about big things like saving mankind, and we're pretty close behind him. I just think that there are too many people who realize. The thing here is results, and so they put all their eggs in the results basket, and they underinvest. And sometimes they figure it out when they're a senior manager or director, and sometimes they don't. And then they fail when they become an executive. Um, folks, whatever you do, always keep relationships in your back pockets. Your relation, the number of relationships that are active and helpful to your career, and that you can ask a favor of, must be growing. As your career improves in terms of your scope within the organization, you must be able to work across the organization and it becomes more important as the organization becomes narrower because the narrower the organization becomes, the more things get done across the organization.
1: And the less people you're able to avoid if you take the exactly. negative
0: view. Yeah, be careful how high you get up on the flagpole because the more your rear end exposed. Okay, wrap us up.
1: So, find out what results you're responsible for, quantify the results, set an action plan to achieve the results, report on the results, go beyond what you're responsible for, and do not achieve results at the expense of relationships, ever. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) <laughs> I, when I was writing this cast, I was thinking wanting to be promoted is a bit like dieting, right? The first thing you ask is how hard are you willing to work for it? And the person says, well, I don't want to give up chocolate and I don't want to give up beer and I don't want to give up pizza. And it's like, well, you don't really want to be thin then, do you? And people how, I want to be promoted. Okay, then you need to track all your results, you need know, to know what you're doing, track all your results, do extra projects. And they say, that sounds like hard work. Well, in that case, you don't want to be promoted. Yeah. And it's not the be all and end all You can stay an individual contribution. Managing other people is not for everybody. You can contribute to a company really well being an individual contributor. Exactly. But if you want it, then you have to work for it. Yeah,
0: everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Heaven knows how to put a price on its goods. That which you achieve too easily, you esteem too lightly. Indeed. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Wendy.
1: Thanks. Bye, everyone.
0: That's it, folks. We finished with part two, and that's the end of this part of the series. We'll refer back to chapter two and many other chapters and get ready to get promoted in the months ahead. I hope you return with us.